Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Start spreading the news. You know what you don't. The New York Knicks are coming to town as the New York Knicks uh, win for the third consecutive uh, night uh, this evening as uh, they get it done. Don't look now, but the Knicks are actually a playoff team as the Knicks get it done without Mitchell Robinson uh, this evening. It was a wild night in the NBA uh, tonight like it uh, usually is, actually. It's been a wild couple of days, hasn't it? Like uh, with the upsets and high-scoring games. Uh, like, really, if you think about it, look, man, we had a dude that just won the Daytona 500 at 100-1, to 1, McDowell. The Ottawa Senators, the Ottawa Senators just uh, won tonight. They were plus 1,700 in-game. Plus 1,700 in-game, guys. All right? And that's unheard of for a hockey game. It really is unheard of for a hockey game. Like, you know, a football game, yes. A basketball game, yes. When a game is a blowout. But hockey, come on, man. You, you don't get that. And, you know, you don't get, like, not only, like, it was 17-1, but the Leafs were actually minus 390 favorites. And it's funny. Leaf Nation, I noticed Leaf fans, you guys are a lot like uh, Boston fans. Leaf fans, you guys are a lot like Red Sox fans. Last week when the Leafs were winning and the Leafs were beating the Canadians and the Leafs were winning games, our chat was full, full of Leaf fans talking about how the Canadians suck, the Leafs are great, Austin Matthews is awesome, uh, the Leafs are winning the Cup, um, it's the Leafs' year, and, and, and now here we are suddenly, Montreal Canadiens beat the Leafs on Saturday, Toronto Maple Leafs lose, lose to the Ottawa Senators. They were minus 2,700. Minus 2,700. And now where are all the Leaf fans? They're not around. They're like Boston fans. That's what Red Sox fans do. Like, and Patriot fans. If the Patriots are good, oh, Patriot fans, they're in your face. When the Patriots suck, oh, you know where Patriot fans? They're all vacationing in Cape Cod. You can't find them. You can't find them. Or now they're buying Tom Brady jerseys. The fake Patriot fans. But yeah, where are all the Leaf fans? And I'm not, listen, I'm not mocking the Leafs. I'm just fine. I just find it curious that Leaf fans are pretty quiet right now tonight. They're pretty quiet after the Canadian comeback the other night. We should have a poll question. What's worse, losing to your own Zamboni driver or blowing a 5-1 lead to the Ottawa Senators, the worst team in the National Hockey League? Bring it. Red Wings suck too, though. We are the first 24-hour network giving you the most extensive fantasy sports and odds coverage of all major sports. It's the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you continue listening to Sports Grid, ask yourself and be honest. Am I listening enough? Probably not. 16 hours a day. That's all we ask. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Rich Saratella is going to step up in it and uh, kick it uh, with us. Uh, we're going to get into the National Football League uh, draft. I see our boy McKinnis is in the chat right now. Good to see you, McKinnis. He'll be with us uh, tomorrow night on the program. And that's the thing. Like, Lee fans are just so annoying. And there's something, I don't know. There's, you know, there's certain teams whose fan base is, every fan base is different, right? Every fan base is different. Some fans are positive, some fans are negative, some fans are in denial, some fans like think their team's better than they are, some teams, some fans are like, ah, whatever, prove it in the playoffs. Right? There's different fan bases in different cities. But Leaf fans, the Leaf fans are very, very distinctive along with Team Canada fans. All right? It's the same thing, like with with the, the Team Canada national hockey team. If Team Canada wins any tournament, if Team Canada wins any international tournament or any tournament, Canada will pat themselves on the back and talk about, oh, we're the best at hockey. Oh, we're the best. Yet Canada doesn't win. Like, they rarely win. And when they don't win, oh, the tournament didn't matter. Oh, that that doesn't matter anyways. Oh, the best players are in the NHL. There's always like, oh, it doesn't matter. Right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if, if Team Canada wins the World Junior Championships, they want to have a parade for these kids and make statues of them. If they lose, nobody talks about it. It's like it never happened. They don't get mad. They just pretend it didn't happen. So same thing with, like, Leaf fans are like that. Red Sox fans are like that. Patriot fans. You know what I mean? Like, they don't own it. That's the thing with the Leafs. Like, the Leaf fans will talk smack after they beat a crap-ass team. Oh, they're great. Austin Matthews is awesome. And then you bring up, you ever won a playoff series since 2004. Right? And, you know, oh, no, this is different. And then, you know, nights like tonight, they disappear. That's my only deal. I got no beef with the Leafs. I think they're a good team. I think they're a dangerous team. And whatever. I think that hockey fans are idiots. That's what I'm getting at here. I think that Canadian hockey fans are idiots. I think they're nut jobs. Dude, last week, you know, Canadian fans wanted to trade Carey Price because Jake Allen's won a couple of games. Oh, they're better. Look, he's 4-1. and one. They're better. Well, what can you get for Carey Price? They lose a couple of games. Carey Price sucks. They want to fire Claude Julien. <laughs> like, well, you know, Julien, you know, he's, he's, he's you know. Uh, and then, you know, Canadians win a couple of games in a row. Everything's fine again, right? Last week, Leaf fans, you know, Leaf fans were like booking, you know, booking parade routes and stuff like that. Uh, and tonight, tonight they've gone AWOL. But then don't worry if the Leafs like beat the crap. Do they, they play the Sens again? Well, who do the Leafs play again? If they, they go off again, don't worry. Uh, Leaf fans will be all over Twitter boasting about how great they are again. 
you know, that's the thing. You know, it's the one thing with Leaf fans. I never understand it. Like, they won't admit that the team sucks ever, right? Like, there's always that, like, you know what I mean? There is, like, there is pressure on the Montreal Canadiens to win. Like, people are, like, mad. Like, it is, like, you guys, you know what? You've got to win a cup, man. It's not good enough what you're doing. The Leafs, it's just sort of this perpetual, they're awesome, it's great. You sort of get called out. Like, the fan base is, like, the Leaf fan base is insane in the sense that, look, I don't like Steve Simmons. Steve Simmons is a writer that covers the Leafs. I don't like Steve Simmons. I think the guy's a jackass, all right? I think he's a, I think he's a jackass. Um, but whatever, man. If, like, the, it's the only city, it's the only team where, basically, if you're critical of the players in the media, the fan base gets mad at the media member. How dare he criticize Austin Matthews, right? It's very cult-like. Yet, you, you know, the same fans have no problem throwing DeMar DeRozan out of the bus or Kyle Lowry out of the bus, but now, now you all love Kyle Lowry, right? You know, but now you don't, actually. Now you're not Raptor fans anymore because the Raptors aren't great anymore. Now you're not, thank God. At least ticket prices will be normal again, even though I don't live there <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but uh, even though I don't live there anymore, at least it'll be affordable for people who want to go. So our poll question, uh, what should happen to that Super Bowl streaker money? Should they get the $374,000 uh, paid in full is 50%? Gets the 50K back is 20%? Uh, nothing. He cheated, 30%, just for the record, as far as our, our poll question uh, is concerned. But I'm just thinking about all these underdogs, man. Holy crap, underdogs. That, uh, that have been winning over the last uh, couple of days. Even tonight in the NBA, a lot of underdogs they hit. Chicago Bulls were underdogs. They won outright. Uh, Bulls were underdogs. The Clippers were underdogs. They went outright. So a couple of dogs there. NHL was where it was at. NBA tonight, 7-0 and to the over. 7-0 and to the over tonight in the association. And, you know, you would say, well, that means tomorrow. There's no way it's going to happen again. But we've been telling you guys. These games, man, they're they are relentless. They are uh, they are relentless as far as they're not letting up as far as the totals are concerned. Uh, let's check in and see what the uh, the numbers are posted. And for the record, earlier for you Detroit Red Wing fans out there, I wasn't. Well, I, I, we went out to the last break. I said the Red Wings suck too. I just threw that in there because uh, I said Ottawa was the worst team in the league. I don't know who's actually technically worse, Ottawa or Detroit. Like, who's got, they're both whatever, bro. They're both like two and 10 or something, aren't they? Like, it's the same thing. So I was just saying for tech, technicality standpoint, I'm not like, you know what, though? The difference is the Ottawa Senators, you can bet on these guys. Like, the Senators have stepped up a couple of times. They've lost a few, you know what I mean? The Sens have a few feather in their cap wins. They beat the Leafs already this year. They beat them again tonight. They beat the Montreal Canadiens. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the Sens have a couple of these big, fat, like, wins in their back pocket. Detroit don't, right? Detroit don't. We were on the Blackhawks tonight. We did all right in the International Hockey League. We lost that total with the Vancouver-Calgary uh, Vancouver game in, in the late night hours, the late pick. I don't even know who won that game. What happened? I saw it was 3-3. I saw it was 3-3. What happened in the end? Calgary, uh, of course. Yeah, so Cal- Calgary, 4-3 final score. 
Uh, we had under six and a half in that game, but we did all right. We did okay in the NHL. We had a good night tonight, but we did okay in the NHL. Uh, we've been doing well with the NBA. Where we get in trouble is when we bet like 15, 17 picks and we have like 10 props and stuff because the props are really, there's a couple of guys that are pretty consistent, but a lot of the props are uh, our chance, man. Like look today, dude, I had Patrick Williams. This kid's a stud. All right, Patrick Williams doesn't even start at Florida State. And how about Florida State? We were on them tonight, too. Uh, speaking of overs, Virginia and the Cow- Virginia and uh, the Knowles went over the number tonight also. But this Williams kid, not even a starter with Florida State last year. He's just a kid. Not even a starter. He's like, you know, some people were kind of surprised when he got picked by the Bulls when he did. And the kid's starting right now in the NBA. And uh, shh, it's a secret. Don't tell anybody. It's like the stonecutter. Shh, it's a secret. Shut up. But uh, Patrick Williams. I'll go into a golf voice here. Hello, I'm Jim Nance. I'm Jim Nance and uh, Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams. Rebounding machine, people. He's a rebounding machine. I can't do my golf voice because my ears are blown by uh, by Kurtz's call earlier. <laughs> I told Matthias during the break... Hey, but no, am I, am I, this is not an act with this. Like, you know what I mean? Did I just tell you during the break? I'm like, God damn, I never get headaches and I have a freaking headache. I never get headaches. I don't even I get headaches when know. I drink. Yeah, yeah, I don't even get headaches when I drink. I, I might throw up the next day. I might be my, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't feel well, but I don't get headaches. I'm lucky. I don't get headaches. Like, I don't take Tylenol, Advil, any of that crap. Like, I've, you know, I've bought maybe two bottles of my life of this stuff. I don't get headaches. My head wants to explode after that, uh, that experience. Like I said, the moon landing uh, had less static. But on the air, it was fine. So I guess I'm just, I'm just crazy. I'm going nuts. I guess that's what it is. I'm nuts. Bring it. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge, or don't. And wish you had. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's only ever been one thing in your life. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. The 
Late Night Anger Management Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenz. We're kicking in Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM Channel 204. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Let's get biblical uh, right now with an NFL Draft OG and the creator of the NFL Draft, a Bible who is uh, breaking down the draft in conjunction with SI.com. Rick Saratella steps up and in and joins us. Rick, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Gabe, always happy to be here, man. Counting you down to the draft just two months away. So congratulations uh, on the partnership with SI.com. Uh, That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, we're happy about it. It's kind of taking our product to the mainstream now, getting our voice out there to the masses. And so if you didn't hear about us, hopefully now you do. But we've got a lot of exciting content coming there. So stay tuned. All right. So let's get down to business, uh, Rick. We know that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but the Urban Meyer era is off to an auspicious uh, start uh, with the hiring of Chris Doyle. And then Chris Doyle subsequently uh, resigns less than 24 hours after uh, the fact. But to me, it just goes to show Urban Meyer's frame of mind, his point of view, and his perspective that he's still running a college program, that he thinks he can do whatever the hell that he wants to do. And number one, you can't because an NFL team is a business. It's a public entity. And number three, you can't just bully a bunch of National Football League players and tell them, well, tough crap. Yeah, he's a bully and he's racist, but he's my buddy, so I'm hiring him. Not the best start for Urban Meyer here, Rick. I think the most disturbing thing is that there's nobody in that organization that can say, yo, Urban, pump the brakes. Like, this is not a good situation and it began really with the Trent Balky hiring because that turned a lot of heads in the scouting community people saying hey here's a guy who doesn't live up to his word has stabbed some folks in the back not the most honest front office executive that was the initial eyebrows raised around the league and then you bring in a guy like you said he's proven to verbally abuse guys have some racial tones to his abuse and so you're going to bring that kind of environment, that kind of atmosphere into the building. One can only pray for the one uh, Trevor Lawrence now. Yeah, well, that's right. So Trevor Lawrence will take some of the spotlight away uh, from from Urban Mark. What else are the Jags looking at? Um, offensively, it seems to me that they actually have some pieces. Um, and it didn't really matter. They had subpar quarterbacks and the offense was actually pretty efficient uh, still. You know, whether it was Minshew, whether it was Glennon, and we saw the, you know, the revolving door of quarterbacks throughout the year. So they actually do have some skill position players. So I imagine after Trevor Lawrence is a defense, defense, defense. How do you think they're going to approach this? Yeah, I mean, just remember a couple years ago, they were in that AFC championship with the Saxonville, and then, you know, they had a yep. the clean house. They, you know, jettisoned Jalen Ramsey. That was a big blow. And then Yannick Ngakwe, he wanted out. And so now what you're seeing is, a, a, you know, a team with a lot of free agent money, but a, a team that also has to overpay guys to come play there, right? So, hey, we might play a couple games in London. What does that look like to a guy that's, you know, signing versus another organization? So I, I think Jacksonville's got to be real careful here because it, it, it's a really double-edged sword. When you have a lot of free agency uh, cap room, you tend to overpay when you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. But on the draft front, yeah, I mean, I think regardless of who the quarterback is, 
they need to, uh, especially on the interior of that offensive line, look there maybe on day two, day three. Uh, the kid from Wisconsin, Whitewater, the, the Quinn Manners, the gut, if you watch the senior bowl, he would be a perfect fit for them. You know, you pair a new center with your new uh, quarterback on the defensive side. You know, Miles Jack is really like their cornerstone piece now. Uh, Josh Allen, the defensive end, really hasn't panned out like like they thought he would, the 2019 first-round pick. So I think they got to go edge rusher. I think they got to hope that one of these hand-in-the-dirt guys, maybe a Jalen Phillips out of Miami via UCLA, could be there for the 33rd pick. That would be a good selection to pair up opposite of Josh Allen. I've always been a big Miles uh, Jack fan, and it's it's too bad that he's kind of flies under the radar on the football team uh, that he's on. Great athlete, man. I remember um, he even played a little running back. Remember him giving him the football at UCLA, and I was like, damn, this guy, this guy is just an all-around monster, an all-around beast. But guys, if you look at Jacksonville, James Robinson's a badass. Uh, DJ Shark's a good wide receiver. Chanel uh, showing potential. Um, so there actually is. There is something to build on. There is something for Trevor Lawrence to, to work with on the offensive side. But as as Rick stated, remember, Jacksonville used to hang their hat on their defense. And all those guys are gone. So we're in conversation with NFL Draft Bibles, Rick Saratella. So, uh, Rick, let's talk about a team uh, in your backyard. Although we should note not to uh, confuse anybody. Rick's a Giant fan, not a Jet fan, a Giant fan. Right. In fact, he's, he's wearing blue right now. He's right. Wearing, so, yeah, Giants. So what if the Giants are working class because the Jets aren't like uh, penthouse. So what's what are the Jets homeless? You guys are working class? <laughs> it, is, it is long time suffering. You know, like if you're a Jets fan, you're a Mets fan. They just go hand in hand. Yeah, because you can't say the Jet fans aren't working class. The Giant fans working class. Jet fans homeless. <laughs> so Rick Saratella uh, joined us. So all kidding aside, uh, the Jets, it's rare that we say this, but it seems to me that the Jets are actually sitting in a pretty good position uh, right now with the second pick in the draft. Uh, with Deshaun Watson willing to play there. Yet we've been hearing this for a couple of weeks now. Eventually things have to start happening. I know they have a couple of months, but big decisions to make at the New York Jets headquarters, isn't there, Rick? Yeah, I think if you listen to the head coach, Robert Sala, in his press conference there uh, on the introduction, it sounds like they want to go with Sam Darnold. Now, there have been some uh, dialogue and, and conversations going on here with uh, the Houston Texans. And, and from my understanding is Houston would want Sam Darnold plus three or four first round picks in exchange for Deshaun Watson. Now, let me ask you, would you do that? Would you do it, Rick? I would. I, I wouldn't because you know what? If I'm if I'm going to give up, let's just say it's Darnold and three. For me, and you got to pay Deshaun Watson $40 millions a year. But if you look since these big-dollar quarterbacks have been handed out, no team like Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco, even Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't pan out because you're, if you're paying a guy, Matt Ryan, $35, $40 million a year, then one-third of your team now is undrafted free agents. And if you look at the teams who are winning – Outside of Tom Brady, it's the teams that have the quarterbacks on that first year deal where the, the cap is more manageable. If you got to give up three first round picks and then pay this guy $40 million, can't do it, won't do it because, hey, get, let me try one out of three to find my quarterback and pay him cheaply. Yeah, it's just a little bit too much. I get it. And, I, you know, 
what did we expect Rick to say? The creator of the NFL Draft Bible is not giving up three first-round draft picks. That goes against everything that Rick Can't stands for. But let me ask you from, from a devil's advocate uh, perspective, if you can try to make the deal a little bit more attractive from the Jets' perspective, and, and let me ask you, listen, the Jets have had top five picks religiously for years. And where are they at right now? They've never gotten anywhere. And it's rare that a, a star player says, yeah, you know what? I'll play for the Jets. Right? It's rare that a star player that says of Deshaun Watson's come, especially a quarterback. You can get a disgruntled running back, maybe a wide receiver. But, I mean, look, I mean, Allen Robinson's tweeting out, like, basically, oh, yeah, if Deshaun goes there, I'll sign there. Right? It just changes everything. But as you stated, they also run out of money. But how long can the Jets be irrelevant, bro? They have to do something, don't they? You know, and, and I think if the team was like a quarterback away, I, I'd be more for it. But it's yeah, like if yeah. you put Deshaun Watson That's in that starting point. lineup, how many like <laughs> eight and eight at best? You know, I mean, it's right. not like it's not Houston like they're a has quarterback better talent away. than they do, and they didn't win. You're right. <laughs> it's a good way of uh, it's a good way of looking at it. Ultimately, it seems like Deshaun's price is just going to be too high for everybody, isn't it, Rick? Well, you know, I mean, if if Carson Wentz is out here commanding, you know, two first round picks, I hear the the holding point there is they've been offered a, a kind of mid to late round first round pick from the Colts or the Bears. They want a high first round or two first rounds. So if Carson Wentz is commanding two first round picks, well, you can only imagine what a Deshaun Watson commands. And then don't forget now, J.J. Watt. How about that? Like, what's going on inside of Houston? Like, you you just got rid of. The guy who raised four hundred million dollars for the city of Houston <laughs> during the floods, and, and, and this guy is the Houston community. And you just say, "Hey, you know what? See you later." It's clear now. It, that to me, that almost sends like a message that yes, we're we're going to trade Deshaun as well. Like, there's no way that like you know Deshaun is already disgruntled. It's pretty clear that they're starting over. They're starting over. So which leads us into which leads us into the next team that is also connected. That is also connected to um, to Deshaun Watson. Although it seems like the Miami Dolphins really the Dolphins actually are too smart of an organization to get played, right? They're like, we're already good. We're already good. We're not gonna help you out and give you a million picks and Tua just because it's convenient for you. Like if you are the Texans, the Dolphins are the best dancing partner, aren't they? Well, absolutely, because you got Nick Cesario in Houston, you got Chris Greer and Brian Flores in Miami. What's the common denominator? They all work together in New England. So if there's a situation that could work out, and, and I'd be comfortable now if I'm the Dolphins, I'm saying, hey, I'll give you both first-round picks and Tua, and now if I can parlay that into Watson and put Watson into that lineup, well, hey, now we're, we're, we're competing for a title. Yeah, and that's and you know what? You can live with that. If you're Miami, because one of the picks that you could give them was actually a pick that you got from them, which actually just adds insult uh, to the injury that was the Bill O'Brien era. When you consider that Miami have the third overall pick in the draft, and for people tuning in that are wondering, what do you mean Miami have the third overall pick? Weren't they pretty good this year? Yeah, yeah, but they fleeced. They fleeced the Texans years ago on that Tunsil deal. And, of course, just the Texans' luck. They suck this year. And they've got to give the third pick to the Miami Dolphins, the team that they did the trade with. We'll take a quick break with Rick Saratel, NFL Draft Dolphins. To be honest. 
We should come with a warning label. Caution. 24-hour sports talk. May cause mild addiction. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your name. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morenzi. We're chopping it up and breaking it down. NFL draft style with the OG, the creator of the draft Bible, Rick Saratella, uh, joining us. And don't forget, you can uh, order uh, the draft Bible and, of course, follow along and get all the content over at SI.com as we are now just a little more than two months away uh, from the draft. So what was it? Last week, we you spoke to us. You, come on, Rick. You got a countdown clock on your wall, don't you? Sixty-six days. Sixty-six yeah. days. So we're down to sixty-six. All right, here we go. Who's keeping track? <laughs> Route sixty-six. Let's do this thing. So the New York Jets have decisions to make. We had Rex Ryan on the program uh, Super Bowl week on a Super Bowl virtual media row, and you know, obviously, former coach of the Jets. And I asked him. I said, "What do you think about? What do you think about the Jets? Are you buying in?" And he told me. He started laughing, and he goes, buying in? He goes, why would I buy in? And I said, well, you know, the talk of Deshaun Watson and Allen Robinson and, you know, new coach. Joe Douglas is a competent man. And he cut right to the chase, and he said, Gabe, he goes, I can't buy in as long as they have the quarterback that they do. He goes, if they get a new quarterback, I'll buy in. He goes, I'm not buying in. And I didn't have time to turn it into a Sam Darnold thing. It was Super Bowl week, but... He does not believe that the Jets can win with Sam Darnold. How do you feel about it? How, where do you stand on Sam Darnold? I've seen almost every game. I can't remember one where after the game I said, wow, you know, that was special. Like what he just did, man, only a few quarterbacks around the league can make that throw. Only a few quarterbacks in the league can put a team on his back and, and will them to victory. I just haven't seen that game. What are we going in year four? Yeah. And there's been opportunities. You're right. Like you said, and, and let's be yeah. honest, though. Like Joe Flacco was the best quarterback in, in green this year. Like Suddenly Joe Flacco they the scored 27 points a game and stuff. You're right. Bombs and touchdowns. It's like, wow, they got an offense. Maybe Adam Gase's offense doesn't suck. And it's the personnel. <laughs> oh, hey, Adam Gase. I mean, that's, that, that was a funny one, though. Like, think about when we look back at the Adam Gase era and how it started. What all transpired and the end result. I mean, it, it it doesn't get any worse. I guess Rich Kotite is the only worse against the net. So let me ask you, what's your gut feeling? Will Sam Darnold be the starting quarterback of the New York Jets next year? I think so, because I, I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to go through. And in that scenario, well, then it's a trade back situation, because I, I just think like, hey, 
Trevor Lawrence, to me, is cream of the crop. That is the guy I want. And if I can't have him, well, then, hey, give me the draft picks. Instead of giving up the draft picks for Watson, give me the draft picks. Even if it's sliding down one spot and, and, and you know, bamboozling the, the, the in-division Dolphins because, like, hey, I've got team X, Y, and Z calling me to move up in front of you. Like, you might be able to package that. You, you might be able to steal that number 18 pick. Say like, hey, I, I got two two first rounders coming at me. Like, if you want this quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, well, now the Jets are in a situation where they can kind of stockpile picks here. So the Atlanta Falcons are picking fourth. Um, they uh, Matt Ryan's not getting any younger. And honestly, if I were if I were the Atlanta Falcons, I would pull what the Lions did with with Stafford. I would have seen and gone, oh my God, this is what they just got for Stafford. We're not winning with Matt Ryan right now. We're not, like, knocking on the door of getting back to the Super Bowl right now with Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan's contract is eventually coming to an end here. They've got decisions to make. Does it not seem to make sense that the Falcons could draft Justin Fields? And if not Justin Fields, another quarterback, but I say Fields being the local guy. Yeah, I I had that scenario in my last mock draft. However, the one thing with the Matt Ryan contract is – he would have to agree to like a renegotiation type of situation because his cap number is just unmanageable. I think it's like 30, not 39 million this year. And next year it goes down to a much more manageable number. I think it's 23 million. I don't have the numbers in front of me. So at the end of the day, they're probably stuck with Ryan for another year. And I think it's not the worst thing in the world because if you take a guy like Fields, he can you can kind of almost groom him. Yeah, you but let's be honest. There. Yeah, yeah, but let's be honest though. Like the 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 Falcons had a top five offense in the league, so like this is not yeah. a team. Like you're still stuck with Matt Ryan. You're still stuck with Julio Jones. You've got a, you know you got Calvin Ridley there. So like in this high flying offensive affair that we call the NFL. The, the Falcons can wing it and fling it and put points on the board with the best of them. This is not a team that necessarily needs to rebuild. I think they can reload for one year yeah. and and try to rebuild that defense. And then if it doesn't work, when, when Ryan's contract is more, na- more manageable in 2022, then you blow it up. Yeah, the Falcons are such a strange team. As you stated, they have talent and they can be good. They've had bad luck. Um, they, they can't hang on to leads. But if you're good enough to get the lead all the time, right, then there's something there to it. Raheem Morris had those guys playing competitive football. I mean, they were winning yeah. some games once Raheem Morris took over. They were in it. I mean, they had some surprising wins. I think they blew out the Saints. So, like, again, the team has the pieces there. And whereas, like, the Jets, to me, are still rebuilding. The Falcons, like I said, you go look at their points scored, passing yards. I mean, they're in top five across the board on offense. So this is a team now. Maybe you make a, a splash in free agency, try to make one last run with the pieces intact. And then you groom Justin Fields, who I think would be a great, great one-year backup to set him up for success. So, little word conversation with Rick Saratella. Let me let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals because I thought the Bengals somewhat, you know, didn't screw themselves. But I was like, oh man, you know, now they're they're falling out of position here. That Sewell might not be there for them, right? And would you agree that if you're the Bengals, you can show up drunk at this draft um, with a blindfold? Offensive lineman. And uh, like you're basically like, send me. I'll go on a bender. Uh, and the Bengals take the best offensive lineman. Next round, the Bengals take, we take the best available offensive lineman. You got to protect Joe Burrow, bro. 
Exactly right. I mean, if I'm the Bengals, I'll throw my uh, old school rollerblades on and skate up to the podium. <laughs> but that makes sense. You know, but the, you know, they're, hope, they're hoping that these teams do trade up and move up in front of them for a quarterback. So, like, if the quarterback come off the board one, two, and three, which could happen, well, then maybe a Penn A. Sewell slides to number five. And if not, like, one – you wonder, like, how much bad luck is following this organization, right? Because they finally got a competent quarterback. And that's a pretty serious injury. Like, I, I think people are kind of overlooking the fact that yeah. the reality is Joe Burrow's probably not going to be ready for training camp. And so, to me, that's a pretty significant setback. The other thing is, like, if you don't have Penny Sewell, well, you know, it's probably too high to take the second best offensive lineman there. But what better protection or safety net for Joe Burrow than a Kyle Pitts? The tight end out of Florida. You talk about a, a underneath blanket, you know, security go-to guy. This guy's Shannon Sharp on steroids. Have you seen him lately? Yeah, um, it's it's a good call, and it's a good call as far as Burrow is could be is concerned. We spoke with Dr. David Chow. He said that you know he should be what he was, uh, but. You know, don't forget, guys, people don't talk about it, but Burrow was a pretty mobile quarterback. The guy had great feet. He had great legs. Will that still be there? You can wonder about Dak Prescott as well. Um, these guys aren't video game players, Rick, right? We just sort of assume, oh, they're, they're having surgery and they're going to be back. Well, there's an after effect to these surgeries. No doubt about it. And to me, Dak Prescott's lucky if he ever suits up for another game. Like people talk like it's a no brainer. You got to bring this guy back, give him the long term deal. Like, let's be honest. The best thing Dallas did was not give him the long term deal because they'd be scrizzled right now. <laughs> they, you know, they'd be in a situation, you know, talk about a situation here at the Jersey Shore. That would be a serious situation. So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we got to just kind of sit back and see what the Bengals have available to them there. But to me, Kyle Pitts is a transcending tight end. Uh, Joe Burrow is a guy that uh, I, I honestly believe that's a two-year injury to come back from. He really won't be 100% for another, you know, two years. And then Dak Prescott, like, you know, uh, to me, I'm, I'm drafting a quarterback or I'm, I'm bringing back Andy Dalton. I'm having some kind of uh, insurance policy there. I do not feel good about Dak Prescott because even when he does come back, he, he he's going to be limited just like you saw Alex Smith. I mean, you're holding your breath every time the guy gets hit. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles who have the sixth pick in the National Football League draft. And of course, there's the imminent Carson Wentz move that is coming. I don't know what the Eagles, bro. They're a hard team to predict uh, what they're going to do at this point. So I assume they draft a quarterback. You know, just that, and I'm being sarcastic, but I'm saying, like, can you imagine the insanity? And uh, with with the sixth pick, we take Trey Lance, North Dakota State. <laughs> you know, it's not too it's not too far out of the realm, right? Because remember, they had they had uh, Sam Sam Bradford before they drafted Carson Wentz with Nick Foles all on the same roster. And then in came, uh, they had uh, Sudfeld there for a while. Now Jalen Hurts, which was a second-round pick. But I think that was the, 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 the thing with the last CBA that got renegotiated is like, hey, you take a quarterback in the first or second round and he doesn't pan out, like no big deal. You could come back and draft a quarterback the very next year. We saw the Arizona Cardinals do it. So, like, I, I wouldn't put it past them because at the end of the day, like the NFL – if you don't have a good quarterback, you don't have nothing, right? And so are they believers? Are they, you know, getting on board with the Jalen Hurts situation? And, and to me, the the mistake was, and I love Howie Roseman, 
big fan of the NFL draft. Bible has been great to us, but let's be honest. He cut his teeth as a cap guy. He's more of an, an administrative role. And so to me, letting John Dorsey go out the door to the Detroit Lions because Dorsey was there as a scouting advisor, to me that was a big mistake because – he was really a guy you could have leaned on for the upcoming draft and an evaluation process. Now that how he's back in the saddle with full control there, anything's on the table. No, it really is. And you know how attached are they to to Jalen to uh, to Jalen Hurts, right? How attached are they to Jalen Hurts? There was talk of Nick Foles being swung back there, but there's no way that Nick Foles would be the starting quarterback. You've got a new coach that's the, I don't I don't know, like that's the thing, right? With Philadelphia, it's like a lot of question marks. That's why I got... They, did, did they erect the statue yet of, of uh, Nick well, Foles? Exactly. statue outside the stadium. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a, it, it's a good point. And, you know, a lot of times we can say, uh, Rick, and you've been doing this a long time, We'd be like, all right, well, this team, you know, we can break, and we will break down the teams. Rick is going to join us on a weekly basis up to the draft, but we can break, you know, we break it down. Well, this team needs this, this team needs that. Every team we're talking about here after Jacksonville, question marks. Well, I don't know, what are they going to do? Are they keeping this? Are they doing that? Miami, question marks. Atlanta Falcons, all right, you can sort of argue they can just sort of draft a football player. Cincinnati can just draft a football player. And then you get into Philadelphia, major questions, another organization that's just sort of retooling themselves right now. Yeah, I think Carolina might be right behind there, too, where you, you, that might be the team that leapfrag. Uh, Bridgewater was good early on, but you saw them struggle down the stretch. Like, he's not the long-term answer, right? And I could see Carolina be the team making that jump, you know, be, being one of those teams that try to leapfrog there. But Philadelphia, I think, you know, he, the, the, the potential – picks there. Jamar Chase out of LSU I think is the number one wide receiver. You see a lot of people mocking Devonta Smith to that Eagles pick, but I think you know, last time I heard he was weighing a buck 64 and he didn't want to weigh in. Like he didn't want to step on the scale at the senior bowl. To me, that's that's a disturbing thought like because even if you aren't what your weight should be, the fact that you're that insecure, right? Or the fact that you have that bad like management in your ear Steering yeah. you to, in, in the wrong direction to me, like Devonte Smith, just might be like one of those first round flame. Like John Ross is a skinny guy. Henry Ruggs is a pretty skinny guy. You look at some of these skinny guys to go in the first round. Like even Hollywood Brown is always banged up. That's what you're getting with a Devonte Smith. He's got really really small frame. Wow. Uh, there's Rick Saratella breaking it down uh, with us. We've got to get out of here, Rick. Time always flies when you're on, brother. We really appreciate the uh, the gospel from the NFL draft vibe, and we look forward to doing it again next week. Thanks for the time, Rick. Churches in session. Sports Rick's Late Night continues. Live on lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports this is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. Thanks to uh, George Kurtz uh, for stepping up and in. Thanks to Rick Saratella for joining us. Rick's going to join us on a weekly basis. Uh, it's great talking NFL football. And, you know, we sort of, you know, we're decompressing after the National Football League season. Uh, you know, obviously, as, as sports fans and as betters, whatever. It is what it is. We appreciate the NFL when it's here. We appreciate college football when it's here. Uh, but we also appreciate the, the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, NASCAR, the UFC, golf, and everything else in between uh, as well. But the sports books haven't really jumped in yet as far as the draft is concerned. Yet, you know they're going to. And, I don't know, it's probably going to be a week or two type of thing and you know like FanDuel is always you know cutting edge and ahead of everybody when it comes to this stuff and even FanDuel only have Trevor Lawrence props up but I'm talking you know the NFL draft used to be oh you got a couple of props oh just you know a couple of players now man come on you can bet on everything now and you can bet on everything in, in the National Football League draft it's it's like it's an entity of its own that we'll be able to talk about like for hours nightly for like six weeks okay so you know, don't think you know we're done uh, with the NFL. We're not. Now, as far as uh, basketball is concerned, man, the NBA, the NBA is the hardest sport to give you overnight thoughts for, right? Like baseball, it's like, all right, listen, this guy's pitching. This is the line. You know, we pretty much know the lineup, and the numbers going to change. The NBA, it's like playing the stock market, right? You you sort of are taking into context. All right, all right, you know, who's going to be in a lineup? I'll tell you what, the Boston Celtics are struggling. They're laying three against Denver. But the game that catches my eye here, the Phoenix Suns are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant's not playing. We know this. It's already announced that Kevin Durant will not be uh, um, playing in this game. So, or at least, uh, I don't know, in the NBA, is anything anything for sure? (laughs) But, yes, Kevin Durant's not playing. And is Kyrie Irving really going to play back-to-back? Is Harden? Or will Brooklyn tap? Take a look at Phoenix overnight. Other night, you're on your own. Later. There's a pandemic going on out there. It's catchy. It's called The Winning Edge. And the only place you can get it is right here. Get on the grid. And stay there. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 